or should I say Jeffrey Moobin? It's a Jeffrey Tubin joke. You totally cut out for that whole thing. I didn't hear any of it. Yeah, you cut out. God damn it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast celebrating the podcast Too Beautiful to Live in St. Louis, Missouri, getting ready for the baptism of my godson. I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me from Denver, Colorado, it's Meredith Mile High Mayhan. Good afternoon, <laughs> Meredith. Hey, Bobby. And holding down the fort in Manshack, Texas. We love him anyway, even though he still puts his pants on just like every other man, point six legs at a time. It's Mike Frizzell. Good afternoon, Mike. Good afternoon, Bobby. We're going to get started with some LRB business, followed by your week in review, housekeeping, and how you, yes, you, listener, Wagoneer, can get involved with the show. First, a little LRB business, starting with the Friday show, which, as always, I'll tell you, you should go back and listen to if you haven't already. And this one is particularly fun to me because it's... Anne and Christy, the two members of our team who drink the least by far, right. mm-hmm. talking about booze juice clips from Luke and Andrew and the olden days and back when it was really a much bigger part of the show. Just wall-to-wall incredulousness on Anne's part, <laughs> for, for sure. Bobby, I think you and I need to do the next one. Yes. Because I think there can be a part uh, and two and a part three and a part four. And I think right, we could do a good job right. with one of those at least. Right. Though, just pick some, some clips where, yeah, you guys can demonstrate at least an understanding of some, some uh, unfortunate <laughs> and binge drinking. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I made a suggestion to the planning chat that we should, you know, either get hammered and then record this or mm-hmm. – get progressively hammered as we record this, but I don't want to walk the line of being every other podcast. <laughs> like right. I don't want to be two guys in a basement. I guess, well, with Meredith on board, it wouldn't be two guys, but like, I don't want to, I don't want to just fall into the trope of getting drunk and thinking people want to hear what we have to say while we're drunk. But on the other hand, TBTL has done that to us so many times. That's true. And really it's, it's a, kind of a grab bag some people are really entertaining when they're drunk and some people are just terrible you know to talk to when they're drunk Mm -hmm. you know maybe we gamble on ourselves right (laughs) uh before we get into our through your phone moments and then our week in review meredith do you want to tell us why you're in denver why do you think bobby (laughs) (laughs) because duff has a conference that's correct (laughs) the real answer is that duff has a, a, a mortgage bankers conference uh, and I just couldn't pass up that opportunity to uh, have, have right. such a, a laugh ride of a good time. You're going to uh, sit in? You're going to audit? Oh, man. I can't wait. It starts on Sunday. So he's he's here. Uh, the, the conference is Sunday until Wednesday, and I'm just here Friday to Monday. So uh, just tagging along, having enjoying a free hotel room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, why not? And uh, the uh, the thinner air, the... Um, the green chilies in all the food. I mean, there's plenty of great reasons. That's definitely, it, mm-hmm. it's mostly the chilies, to be honest yeah. with you. So you're going to go to Sam's number three for breakfast. And, yeah. We've had a yeah. great time so far. Um, Mike Berbiglia, uh, we saw him last night do his, his latest stand-up show, and that was really fantastic. Um, 
uh, I try to see him as much as I possibly can. I love him. Uh, and uh, tonight we're going to go see a Beetlejuice movie party at the Alamo Draft House. So looking forward to that. Excellent. Were you able to ask him my question about whether or not he's still allowed to stay at La Quinta Inns? <laughs> there was not a meet and greet afterwards, okay. unfortunately. Uh, Although he did get a tell... chance to get one of those awkward selfies, the Mike McCauley style. No, I wish, I wish. But he did tell that a brief. We'll just have version... to take your word that you were at the show. <laughs> yeah, he told a brief version of that story because it, it played into you know it's still a huge part of his life. He still has that horrible sleep disorder, and it yeah. played into part of his. Uh, his act last night. So he did tell us a, a minor version of that story and he called okay. it, um, La Quinta. Well, right. I think that was part of the original bit was yeah. not making him pronounce it. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out what the plural of La Quinta in is. So whether it's La Quinta's in or La Quinta. Las ins. Quintas. I Las guess. Quintas. Probably. Ah, good point. Yeah. We're going to get corrections from yeah. anyone who takes Spanish or knows Spanish. <laughs> right. Uh, you'll also notice Anne is not on the recap this week. That's because we barred her from the recap this week. I think she set a record for a number of weeks in a row. Yeah. So we um, made her take her vacation this week, even though uh, Meredith and I are both on the road. <laughs> she did She did toss in a throw your phone moment, though. So yeah, she did. Couldn't that. stay away. Uh, Mike, any updates from Anjack? Uh No, not really. I managed to stay in my uh, wheelchair all week and not, uh, not tumble out. So I consider that quite a victory that's good because i want to keep this show under two hours yeah sorry about the long boring story last week uh so as i mentioned i'm uh in st louis or actually on the outskirts of st louis uh for uh baptism tomorrow we're recording on saturday uh because despite me being me a couple of my close friends think it's okay to put me in catholic responsibility of their child's soul so we're getting this a little early so that I can go do that tomorrow. So thanks, everybody, for being flexible with us. What I have, uh, because I'm traveling right now, is a couple of travel and sky jinx stories, and I'll do them really quickly. The first is that I flew Delta from uh, – not from Pawtucket, but from the Providence Airport to Atlanta to St. Louis because if you're on Delta and you're on the East Coast, you're going through Atlanta. You just do. And uh, I boarded my flight in Atlanta, and I had a particularly good seat, which was a nice treat. Uh, and then after I'm getting settled into my seat, someone else comes on the plane and takes the seat next to mine, and there's just two seats. And it ended up being Evander Holyfield. And wow, yeah. Atlanta native, so <laughs> not surprising that that's where you'd get him. He gets in a seat, and I'm just like, okay, holy shit! So celebrity sitting next to me, fine. And then more and more people are getting on the plane, and they're all sort of giving him a head nod, or some of the guys are going like, hey, champ. One guy says, hey, you're in my seat. I'm going to beat you up and take my seat. And then he starts laughing. The guy who said it starts laughing. Evander Holyfield does not start laughing. No. Um, so uh, everybody's goofing around. And I'm just, you know, I've made the decision immediately that I'm just not going to be that guy. I You're not going to chew his ear off during <laughs> the flight? <laughs> By which I mean chat him up. Right. I didn't mean, sure, you know. Sure. Tyson him. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I just play it cool. And I think at this point he thinks I don't know who he is. And so mm -hmm. at one point I just um, sort of nod over and I think I said something like, uh, you're getting a lot of attention. This is just as we're getting settled. And he, right. he mumbles to me, uh, uh, yeah, and then, <laughs> I used to play for the Falcons. Ah. <laughs> I think he's just looking to not discuss himself. And that's uh -huh. probably an easy way out for him with people who don't recognize him. Yeah, of course, I, I know he's that, 
full of shit. That's probably he's probably used that one before. Yeah. So, you know, we let it go. Um we both get up a couple of times. It's a short flight from Atlanta to St. Louis. Uh and as we're getting off, we go down the jetway and we get back into the terminal and I just look at him and I say, Hey, thanks for the quiet flight. Uh years from now, feel free to tell your friends that you got to fly with me today. <laughs> and he just starts nice. he just starts laughing and then I just walked away. I didn't nice, get a picture nice reversal. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get a picture with him. I didn't want to be weird, but I did while he was in the bathroom take a picture of his boarding pass peeking out of his seat pocket. Uh-huh. So I have his name, so I have proof that I sat next to him. More or less, more or less. Yeah, I mean, I I could doctor that, but I wouldn't bother, so. <laughs> All right. That's Evander Holyfield. Then I get to my hotel. I'm staying at a uh, dated, modest, uh, but perfectly acceptable Sheridan uh, outside of St. Louis. Sheraton. Say it. Say it so <laughs> I can. I don't get. PTSD. I'm. Uh, I'm. Uh, uh, looking for a celly at Sheridan. Um, so I asked for a higher up floor, but we had this conversation last week that we were talking about the twenty dollars sandwich. So I thought I've never tried it before, but for the sake of science and for this show, I'll try it. So I walk up to the check-in counter. I got here very early. It was like one thirty, And so I was hoping to check in early. And I took the $20 bill and I didn't hide it. Like I didn't fold it twice over and like really hide it between the cards. Make I a think, swan. Yeah. If you're going to do this, I think you got to own it. So I just folded it in half and I handed it to him with the cards. Guy starts processing my room. The guy, uh, Joaquin, super friendly, big black guy. We're, we're chat. I tell him I sat next to Evander Holyfield in the fight. He got all, uh, flight. He got all excited. Uh, and then he's doing his thing, and he's like, oh, i got to find a room that's open. We're pretty busy. There's a couple of things going on here. Then he sees the 20, and he just looks at me, and he says, oh, I think that's your money. And I said, no, that's your money. And he goes, oh, all right then. Thanks. And he takes it, and then he uh, starts punching in his keyboard. It takes him a few minutes, and he bumped me up to uh, a club-level – it's not really a suite, but a club-level room, a nice room for this modest hotel, a little walkout balcony. Um, and access to a club lounge where I'll get free breakfast and hors d'oeuvres. And so certainly worth 20 bucks. I like it. Let me ask you about the um, the balcony situation. Most hotels you go to now, the windows are sealed shut, presumably so you can't fall out or commit suicide or do a berbiglia right. um, with, your, with your sleep um, disorder. Uh, do they figure that if you can afford a better room, you're less likely to commit suicide? So they... They will give you a balcony if for more money or higher up? Honestly, I think it's just that the hotel is older and they haven't adapted. Oh, they, like, yeah, I guess they could right. come in and just bolt the door shut, but it would be cruel to give you I a know. sliding glass door to a balcony that has enough room to walk on, but you can't open the door. Yeah. It's not like one of those ones where it opens and then it sticks out like four inches and then there's a railing. There's enough. There's no chair or anything out there, but there's enough. There's a nice view of what I think is I-270. And then the comfort in across the street. It sure would come in handy to have those type of balconies, at least at the times that I've been in Denver before. Right. um, Would be nice to have a little balcony, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, (laughs) if you want to be a mile high and then 11 floors up (laughs) above that and uh, be able to step outside. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mm -hmm. I brought back a couple of... uh, Cuban cigars, which are now legal oh, uh, yeah. to bring back, but they're easier, you know, easy to get in Aruba. And I'm going to give one of them to the father of this child because I haven't seen them since the kid was born. So perhaps that'll be our little spot to be able to uh, enjoy our um, perfectly legal tobacco cigars because mm-hmm. it's not Denver. 
Uh, but $20 sandwich worked. I'm one for one on it. So I guess I'll have to keep doing it and see how it goes. Uh, but that will go to throw your phone moments. In fact, I think most of them will cover during the week. Uh, without Anne here, we will try to figure it out without her. But we did get one throw your phone moment from Anne, uh, although on the run sheet it says Annie, which she does say she'll answer to. All right. So Annie says, uh, since I'm not on the recap this week, I feel the need to use the throw your phone platform to register my, and then in all capital letters, strong objection <laughs> to the repeated use of, quote, clune dog when referring to George Clooney. Please do not fail to address this disturbing tendency. Thank you for your time and attention to this matter. <laughs> okay, first of all, the most polite throw your phone we've ever gotten. <laughs> yes. Has Luke ever failed to say clune dog when the subject of George Clooney I don't comes think up? so. No, his success rate with saying clune dog is as high as my success rate with the uh, $20 sandwich. It's one for one, or uh, 100%. He's batting 1,000 with it. Yeah. Yeah, so stop it. Stop it, Luke. <laughs> and with that, we'll go to our weekend review, starting with 2490, Monday's episode, Happy Dumptober. The Trucktober bit continues and now includes a Dumptober spot from Cleveland Radio, which was pretty great. I'm impressed at how long this bit has lasted. And ha- it's, still it's still funny. Still yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think, um, as I mentioned later in the week, it's probably the funniest thing that's happened on the show in, in a couple months. Well, very mm-hmm. specifically, the funniest thing that's happened is still coming. But uh, yeah. we've got months and months of Trucktober uh, to celebrate. Luke then tells us over the weekend uh, of changing, was it into or out of his tux? At into. the Hyatt. Into. Uh-oh. In the parking garage. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it after the after the... It was before the party, but bef- after oh, his event. Okay, fair enough. Well, I, honestly, he may have done it twice. Um, I could definitely have seen him having the in and out of it. But at any rate, his quote was that he was, quote, borderline nude in a public parking lot. Um, careful, careful listener slash Anne, break this tie. Was it before or after? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please do. Because because I, I will say, I, not to speak too much for Meredith, but sometimes Meredith and I are not the closest listeners no. to the days i miss these details we... and i don't care enough to go back and check right me too actually so oh wait I've, so i've got my extended notes open on the side here uh, too big for the run sheet i wrote luke changing out of tux in car under hyatt on Saturday. Hey. so right. i'll concede there we go but to go to the tape um <laughs> luke's doing this because there's really no place for him to change in the hyatt and he had a bad experience uh changing in a bathroom once for a gig he also is self-conscious about being the guy who walks into a bathroom stall in his street clothes and out in a tux and then is the guy on stage. And guys who came into the men's mm-hmm. room while he was changing are like, oh, hey, he's human. He changed in the men's room. <laughs> um, I will give him this. Changing in bathrooms sucks. I've, I've done a lot of charity events through the years, and I've had to change in some very small spaces. And I'd probably take my car. I mean, now I would. Not the Yaris. That would have never worked. But now that I have the Corolla, mm-hmm. I'd probably change in the car. <laughs> Arms sticking out the window. Yeah. Um, Luke tells us he has eschewed the cummerbund uh, for being pointless, and I agree. Uh, somebody posted to the Stens page and all the arguments why a cummerbund is still a good thing, and I think they're all bullshit. I kind of like them. Well, I'll send you mine. I think I've got the one that came I with can my take, I can take or leave them, but, but, but I don't mind them. I think they look good. I think they feel stupid. 
and and they're problematic sometimes, but uh, I think they they add to the look of the tux. Hmm. I'm a vest guy when I wear a tux, but um, it's not as often. I'm as out on the vest. Myself. I just yeah. don't think I can pull off the vest. I mean, that's probably the the trouble with the vest thing is you have to try really hard not to look like a waiter. <laughs> it's yeah. if you take your jacket off, you immediately look like you should be carrying a, you know, a silver platter of some kind around. Yeah, or a late night horror host, you know, from some local television station. <laughs> Booberella. Um, Andrew compares Luke to Duff uh, Duff McKagan, uh, low, you know, one time Guns N' Roses bassist Duff McKagan, who I guess I hadn't really realized makes the rounds as a local Seattle celebrity, but Andrew says he does. He does. Okay, fair enough. Um, then they get into a conversation about Rod Stewart's Broken Arrow. And Andrew says he hates the song, but loved the video with Rachel Hunter slathered against a tree. Yeah, I put that Ugh. up on the on the uh, Stens page. I was listening on Monday, just a couple hours after they um, posted it. And I put it up on the Stens page, and there were some... There were a few puzzled looks, you know, from people because it's such an awful video. People hadn't hadn't uh, heard the show yet. We're we're looking at it, and yeah, she does slather herself against a tree. It is the <laughs> right language that Andrew uses. It's such a terrible song and such a terrible video. Uh, I couldn't make it all the way to the end, but Andrew was right. That's that's what happens in that video. And I could see how a young Andrew just discovering himself would would find that video appealing. It's just you need to turn the sound down. Well, if you're looking to slather yourself, Rachel Hunter is not a bad <laughs> slather partner. If you're a tree. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently Rod well, Stewart felt the same. Yeah. Uh, my distinct memory of Broken Arrow was being at my aunt and uncle's wedding in the early 90s and that being a song that played toward the end of the night. Um, the marriage didn't last, and neither has that song. In the- well, there's some line in that song about like m- get into my strong and powerful arms or whatever, and then you're watching Rod Stewart sing it, and you go, "Well, I'd probably be well. the one opening the pickle jars in this relationship." Yeah, right. Oh, on to our top story. Uh, it's another Skyjink story. It's another disastrous Air Asia PR issue. Uh, a plane took a rapid drop due to depressurization, uh, and the masks dropped, it sounds like. The video that we hear the audio of is of allegedly Air Asia uh, flight crew, uh, you know, flight attendants, screaming and freaking out the passengers. Um, and Andrew lets us know that his flying anxiety is only getting worse. Uh, this is not helping. I can understand this. It's kind of happening to me as I get older, too. The flight thing, just a little bit, like the last couple of flights I've been on, I've felt a little weird. Um, but fear of heights is definitely gets gets worse as I get older. And um, I've started having occasional panic attacks. Hmm. And But the good news about having more than one panic attack within a period of years is by the time you have the second or third one, you realize it's happening. And and you can just, you know, you just sit still and ride it out. The first time you have a panic attack, that's not good. Right. You, you just feel like the world's ending. Like you're dying. You're dying. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I kind of feel, I, I think it is a thing for people, for some people as we age, that, that some things get more difficult. But then, you know, you get more okay with nudity and like having my leg up on the sink and, and shaving my balls oh, in a public place. You know, that's... 
That's not a big deal anymore. Was I supposed to be bashful about that being a younger man? <laughs> oh, God. Some of us are okay with it at a younger age. Anne, Anne, will you come back? <laughs> My favorite Where part about you? this is the fact that Anne has to sit and listen to this and know she wasn't allowed mm. to do anything about it. Well, then I'm going to have to use my powers to stop this conversation. I really do think that they touched on the scary thing about flying is that you're totally out of control. Like, driving's a lot more dangerous, but you mm-hmm. feel like you have some semblance of control. And I guess you sort of do, although, you know, your life is in the hands of everyone else around you on the road, which is should be more terrifying than this. But, you know, if you, if, if you have a car crash, you, you could be okay. If you have a plane crash, you're going to die, right? Yes. Yes. Pretty good chance. Uh, and Luke, uh, just helping Andrew's anxiety describes in detail how he'd like to die on a flight uh, uh, not, not run just into himself, a mountain but, right he wants the uh he wants the just full-on mountain head-on collision explosion rather than the depressurization drop slow torturous yeah. plane death i guess well i uh, agree I, I agree i mean i've got somebody i know somebody who works in aviation yeah. and he told me that most people survive the crash but they die in the fire once you're on the ground. Mm-hmm. So you're aware, hopefully not, but you know, you could theoretically live through that and then just burn to death. No thanks. Oh my god. We know someone who is in aviation who is flying right now is where we're recording this and his wife is his first officer. So that plane could die of nagging. Bobby. Oh god. I know that was terrible. I just wanted to name check. I'm not even going to say his name so that we can give him anonymity. Um <laughs> on to <laughs> Uh, the other top story, I guess, Bella's Umbrellas in Seattle is closing. And this is a gateway to conversations about how Seattleites are either too stubborn to use umbrellas and uh, think lowly of people who use them, uh, or I guess there is no or. I guess that's the only option. People in Seattle are stubborn and don't use umbrellas unless they're Luke. He's okay with that. Before the Before the store closes, they have to sh- thoroughly shake the store and then set it somewhere dry for a while and then they can close is this really a thing though mike like did you not use a an umbrella when you lived there yeah it's it is more or less a thing i mean why it just doesn't rain hard enough to use an umbrella um that often so so you 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 tend to not even know where your umbrella is if you have one so um yeah i'm not much of an umbrella user and i i sort of agree with with um uh Andrew about it kind of not being worth the hassle most of the time, but mm. one, I don't paint my bald spot. So, I mean, I can see why it's worth it for Luke to, to cover up his bald spot, but I, the most ridiculous part of this conversation, which could have been so much shorter, um, uh, was when Luke was describing how to Andrew, how to use the umbrella when the weather was not just rainy, but blustery, you know, like the common sense thing of, <laughs> of, Tilting the umbrella into the wind, you know. So it's like I, I was all. I mean, I couldn't believe Andrew wasn't saying like, "No doy." What the fuck are you talking well, about? Well, as a gambler, as a gambler, Luke understands how to play the angles of using his umbrella. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But doesn't everyone instinctively? I mean, <laughs> unless you're in a rom com. I mean, right. do you well after you flip turn one umbrella, umbrella wrong way? you understand. Oh, this is how I avoid this. Yeah, yeah you get it. Right. <laughs> right. But it was one 
$130 umbrella from Bella's umbrella. So you can't afford another umbrella. Sure. Well, Meredith, you sound like you're very, you're very big on umbrellas. I like umbrellas. I don't understand why. Well, also in Texas, when it rains, it rains. It is not like getting misted on in Seattle constantly. Like you're going to drown if you don't have an umbrella. And I just don't see, I I don't think it's impressive to walk around without one. Like I get if you don't want the hassle, but I I don't think it's a, it should be a point of pride that you feel like getting drenched. in Texas, you just sit in the fucking car. Yeah. Or stay home until it's... You have to wait the 10 minutes until up. it passes, because it will. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, I remember driving from Dallas to Austin to my uh, place I stayed last year in Texas in driving rain. And I don't mean I was driving. I was. But I mean the rain was coming down, sheeting hard. And it was terrifying. People just put their flashers on and pulled over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, on I-35. That's not Seattle. That's dangerous. once every 10 years yeah. in Seattle. Uh, Luke's bald spot, speaking of, is shrinking thanks to going back on the uh, prostate pills or whatever that wouldn't he's been back want, on for if, a while If now. you were Luke and you were spraying that stuff on your head, wouldn't you want an umbrella to keep it from dripping oh, down yeah, your yes. face? Yes. Well, he's, he's he does. He carries the umbrella. I think that must be... His primary motivation. Yeah. Because it would not surprise me if Luke was one of the we don't use umbrellas in Seattle guys, except for not wanting streaks of black uh, ink down his face. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling you guys about the boss I had years ago who would sit against a white wall in my friend, the graphic designer's office, (laughs) roll his head on the wall and then leave, and the black powder would be there. (laughs) Gross. Uh, I would want to, I'd buy like the coming to America. Uh, VHS tape and leave it on his desk with a timestamp for the the, the Jerry Curl scene. Uh, We get an email from listener Linda uh, with a hot take on that Jeopardy champion Austin Rogers. Um, So we get a little more Jeopardy talk. I don't know that we need to get too much more into that anymore. Uh, but also in the pop culture realm, Luke tells us he has started Dirty John. I don't know how you start it and not finish it. I ended up listening to the oh, whole yeah. thing in a day. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, he also uh, mentions that he has a friend that very much reminds him of Dirty John. Gosh, who could we that play be? that game again? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we don't have to roll through all roll through all his credits again. But but I think I think uh, those of us. Uh, those of us who've followed the show for a long time know exactly what he's talking yeah. about. But Or just listen um, to last week's recap. I don't but I don't think that that fellow that he's talking about um has probably attempted to murder any ladies. I mean he is he thinks he's a lady killer, but only in the <laughs> figurative sense. Right. Well, I mean, unless there's a self harvested opioid induced rage. But um you know, whatever. Uh, Luke and Andrew say if they started a pod network today, a podcast network, it would be called Meandery, which is pretty good. Yeah. 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 Uh, Tuesday show would be the like the banner. The flag show would be the one you direct everyone to. Right? Yeah. Uh, on to the no point conversion. I think we can do this very simply. Uh, Luke mentions he slept on the boat Saturday night after his festivities. I just thought that was worth noting. Uh, the Browns lost. Shocker. Seahawks run a bye. Luke's fantasy football team this week did not start a defense or a kicker. Yeah, that's that's that was pointed out because of a um, a message that was sent by me to the. Um, there's a Facebook uh, group. Yes. What are the, 
<laughs> that um, you know, I, I put in there. I just I took a picture, a screenshot of Luke's team, and it was like it begins again. You know, him ignoring his team and you know, kind of fucking up the league. Uh, the way I, as long as I get to play year. him late in the season when he's completely forgotten <laughs> about it, it's fine. Yeah. I'm doing really well in that league this year, so let's let's keep it going. A little bit of Huskies talk. Luke just wants him to go to the Rose Bowl. Same thing he said last year. God forbid yeah, they be he better seems than pretty that. happy that they got beat on Saturday night. They got beat in Arizona at Arizona State on Saturday night. And he seemed pretty happy about it because it meant that they weren't going to be probably weren't going to be able to compete for the national championship this year. Right. What kind of a goddamn fan are you if you say something like that? A fan who wants to drink mimosas on New Year's Day and watch the Huskies in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> but there's never any, there's not even a guarantee that you get to go to the Rose Bowl anymore. I know. He doesn't realize that. Yeah. Oh uh, Andrew, speaking of uh, soft loyalty, is apparently going to root for the Cougs in the Apple Cup, I think just because he likes an underdog. No, he won't be rooting for the Cougs in the Apple Cup because I will kill him before that happens. Uh, or the, Genevieve will kill him. Yeah, I'll, make, will. I'll, I'll, I'll at least ask her to do it first. So I'll say, well, he's going to die. Do you want it to be by your hand or mine? <laughs> uh, I just noted offhand, I think I got this name right. I did not fact check it, but I believe Luke said he skateboarded from the boat to a bar called the mm. Kangaroo and Kiwi. Mm. Maybe that's right. made up, but uh, if it's not. It's, I think it's. I think that's one of those, uh, like, um, down under soccer, you know, Australian rules football right. hipster bars. Where people go in at 630 in the morning to watch rugby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they talk about Aaron Rodgers. He's broken. They talk about Kaepernick. He is better than at least some of the second string quarterbacks in the league. I think everybody agrees on that. Uh, and then they play tape of, I forget which commentator it was. Dick Stockton. <laughs> reading his uh, announcement notes, but taking them too literally and pulling a Ron Burgundy and reading, quote, look on the graphic for the final two bullet points. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I feel bad because I do this in trivia sometimes. I'll have to write out pronunciations for words I know. Because in the moment, if the question's written awkwardly, I will just read what I see instead of, like, interpreting it and analyzing it. And so I have to be mm -hmm. very careful to not um, tell San Diego to fuck you or whatever it was. Well, it was it, it was a perfect out for uh, for Al Michaels. He could have just said, hey, it was on the prompter. Right. I, I, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <sighs> right. And that's it for Monday. Tuesday, 2491. This is not a cow wrangling situation. Uh, <laughs> we get an extended cat intro today and then the really excellent Chucktober audio. And I think that the oh intro God, of yeah. this show is the best part of the day. Uh, that's not saying much, but I did I did genuinely enjoy it. And it was the whole story about... It's a pretty about, sharp drop off from there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, your truck's a whale home now. And um, the month of Trarch, which I think is my favorite part of this whole thing. Um, one of them claimed that Pesca was talking about Luke, and they played a clip of him saying, he's as chill as it gets. He skateboards to work. It was pretty great. Yeah. If he had said he skateboards across the airport, we would have <laughs> known for sure. Yeah. Uh, it would be great to get Pesca to record something much more detailed about Luke now, just to tag on to that joke. Hmm. Maybe we could make that happen. Um, it is Maybe. still big dark in Seattle. Uh, I don't exactly know what's going on, but a huge storm, it sounds like. 
um, a giant branch. I don't even know what they're talking about. I don't either. Actually. It's dark I, and mm. rainy. I mean, I that's, that's that's winter in Seattle. Seattle. Right. Um, but a giant branch did fall on Luke's fence and adjacent to his boat or on his boat, but it didn't seem to hurt the boat. But the boat was full of water, um, and he had to pull the battery out before bailing out all the water. Uh, and that was uh, somebody's favorite moment of the day because we did get a throw your phone from listener Megan. And she said, please want someone buy Luke's boat. I don't think I can listen to boat talk with Luke any longer. I may have to buy it just to put an end to it and save Carrie's sanity. <laughs> don't bother, Megan. Just burn it. Oh, boy. Uh, can I interrupt? Because I I fell asleep on the job on Monday with a throw your phone from Mike Farnan. Um, I'll, I'm going to trim the part where he just complains about how boring it was, but I'll just read his last <laughs> sentence. Here's everything that needs to be said about umbrellas. They keep you dry. End of story. Thank you, uh, Mike. Mike, yep. we're with you. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, I think the other highlight of today is, uh, Andrew reading this one out of 10 star review of the perfect storm from some random dude on the internet. Fuck. Um, I was incredulous. I mean, my mouth was, I'm like. Is he really going to keep reading this? There was no point to nope, it. Nope, sure wasn't. Um, and, and listener Joel was aware of this, too, and he sent us a pretty great throw your phone. And he says, peace and love to Luke and Andrew. But is the game plan to literally just read random shit from the Internet and play YouTube videos without pre-screening them? This was spurred by the movie review, but you could apply that to any day of the week. Good point, Joel. Yep. Well, this is, um, this is a Grapes of Rad bit, reading the one-star reviews of, mm-hmm. of generally great, you know, celebrated movies and it also but those are usually what, funny <laughs> it also well it also explains the the hit and miss of the grapes of rad as a podcast sorry genevieve i'm talking more about before her time um you know they just rolled with it but they weren't striving for quality <laughs> you know yeah. there's also a bit from john moe's uh show the the variety show that he used to do but they did great novels hmm well, and this Same guy's bit. beef yeah. was, was with the cinematography, which is something that, like, okay, you know, most people didn't seem to care about that. It's just Yeah, you. it was, like, very, very on the spectrum type. It's only fun when people just don't get the movie and then completely complain about something they misunderstood. Right, right, right. right. The salt shaker never moved. Okay. <laughs> yeah, a review by 70 millimeter man is going to be about the cinematography and no one's going to be able to relate to it. No. Uh, the other top story today was um, basically about how this story about a bull being on the loose in Prospect Park was boring. And they spent, you know, 15 minutes making a five-minute story about a boring thing, even more boring, uh, talking about how the reporters are bad at vamping. And uh, they were pretty bad. There wasn't much to talk about. It was just a cow, or a, I guess a bull, in Prospect Park to buy some soccer nets. And uh, and they were just waiting for a reporter to get on the scene to talk about who knows what. Probably just that there was a bull in Prospect Park. <laughs> uh, got to make it. Got to make it local. Got to make it live. That's right. Up to the minute. Get the truck uh, out there. Right. The saving grace for that bit, or at least the silver lining, was when they threw to Jeffrey Mubin. Oh. Thanks for reminding uh, us of all the terrible puns that. Andrew is making it on <laughs> Tuesday. He made yeah. at least four or five, and he couldn't even. He admitted he couldn't even control himself, and that they were all terrible. It was another mm-hmm. theme of the day. Yeah. Uh, the next top story is this Loverboy concert that was in Everett, Washington. 
the lead singer apparently lost his voice, and they asked if anyone was able to sing Loverboy songs. And a man came up who was just totally committed to rocking it. Turns out he was in a foreigner cover band. And it sounds like mm-hmm. he did a great job. But people were still pissed and wanted their money back, which I can't blame them. They didn't come to see that guy. Right. True. But but you were, you know, you, at least you have the factor that you were there the night this newsworthy yeah. thing happened. This cool thing happened. And I guarantee you the guy is better at singing those songs than Mike Reno is. That's a much more interesting story than I saw Loverboy. Yes, yes. I know. And it gave us it gave us the headline everyone is everyone is working for a refund. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, it was. Um, we put a call out because this guy, this is from Wednesday, but I think to save the pain of most of Tuesday, I want to interrupt with it now. Um, mm-hmm. We find out, I think on Wednesday, the cover band that this guy sings in for Foreigner is called Fever 103 or Fever 103, yeah. uh, which makes sense being a lyric from Hop Blooded. So we put a call out on the. Little Red Bandwagon and Facebook page asking people what their foreigner cover band would be called. Uh, I didn't triage these very well, but I think it's worth noting. Um, we've got the Juice Box Heroes, which would be great if it's a kid, like a kids' Bob version yeah, yeah, of yeah. Foreigner. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Corey Plucker says Journey. No, wait, the other guys. Um, <laughs> uh, waiting for a goy like you, uh, a klezmer style. Foreigner cover band. I like that mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, apparently, Chicken Sea. Burton Cooley says uh, a misheard lyric of growing up hot blooded Chicken Sea. I got a fever of 103, which I guess <laughs> is uh, if you eat tuna for your for your hangover or for your fever. Chicken Sea. Chicken of the Sea. Chicken of the Sea. The the Juice Box Heroes thing, um, I, I really like that, but then I was thinking. How can you make a kids' bop version of Hot Blooded? Because all it is is a guy asking a girl to bone down. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, that but, that's but never like stopped that kids' bop before. Right. I was. I don't know. I don't know from kids' bop though. Maybe they yeah, changed the you, lyrics they, very slightly. Oh, they changed the lyrics. Uh, they don't not just... much. I mean, they they say different words instead of swears. Okay, they're not that okay. different. Then, yeah. Uh, I they... thought um, Fever One Hundred Three was pretty terrible too because it sounds like a radio station it does it does yeah to me. it does uh i'm just trying to flip through kids bop songs right now i mean there's mm-hmm. a kids bop version of all about that bass so really you know how about my neck my back so have a version of that. <laughs> it's about learning about your body parts yeah yeah right right four specific very specific ones yep all right, all right, all right. Um, voicemails. We get one from listener Janine who talks about getting a uh, better deal at a hotel. Bobby just had success with this $20 sandwich. Um, side note, uh, I'm in a hotel, and when we checked in, we said, hey, kid, we, we were booked, I think, for a queen room, and they said, uh, Duff asked if he could get a king away from the elevator, and he did not give them any money, and they said, sure. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe we could have gotten a sweet $0 sandwich. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we could have gotten a super awesome room if we had $20, but yeah, we didn't try that. Well, are you going to try to push your luck, Bobby? And if Joaquin's still down there, like, well, uh... so, I mean, I, I, I gave the really short version, but so, uh, I knew that this being on the club floor had access to the club lounge with the breakfast and the uh, afternoon hors d'oeuvres, but I'm not really going to be around that much. I didn't think anything of it. I walked out to get my, uh, 
smoothie and snacks and I was coming back before we started recording. He stopped me in the lobby uh, and called me over because he wanted to make sure he remade my room keys so that I would have access to the free breakfast and hors d'oeuvres. Oh, so, that's nice. Yeah, Joaquin uh, doing me a solid. I think he said he was done at three, so he took care of me and then took off. But uh, I don't know. Hopefully we'll okay. see him around for the next couple of days. I feel like I made a friend. So all I had to do was mm-hmm. pay him to like me. Is that how you do it? <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. 35 um, years. Oh, All right. well, you know, uh, before I um, let you continue, I have to just mention one more foreigner cover band, which is that Pesca, who I didn't even know was a, like the LRB page, or maybe it just popped up in his feed anyway, but he just suggested DACA for his foreigner <laughs> cover band. Right. Good one. All right. Uh, next voicemail is from listener Kristen, and she's talking about what she calls the TSA lottery. And she has to wear leg braces, um, and that tends to throw the TSA people for a loop. Um, she cannot take her shoes off, so she has to basically just kind of awkwardly roll up her pants and show the braces, and then uh, then she has to get wanded. And they make a huge deal out of calling for a female TSA person to come and pat her down and, and wand her. And I've been in that situation, too. Uh, it's really embarrassing because most of – I guess most of them are men now that I think about it. And they usually do have to, like, yell across the room for a, a woman to come pat you down, which isn't any more comfortable than a man doing it. Um, not by far. Uh, so uh, well, she said sometimes it's all right. I haven't traveled since since my uh, since I lost my legs, but I imagine this is my future. is like a bunch of bullshit wanding. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been yeah. spending a lot of time in airports the past couple of weeks, and uh, you see, um, you know, the airport personnel will will wheel people around and take them through security, but they do have to stop and get extra checked. I think, mm-hmm. which is too bad. I hate I hate seeing that. Um, there's a little bit of sky jinx today where uh, Luke uh, is is carrying around his microphone and he now is able to get the TSA to just trust him when he says, oh, that's a microphone. And they go, all right. He doesn't have to take it out of his bag anymore. Yeah. Um, and then the last piece of uh, detritus for today is that Andrew is very upset about his outdoor help at his house. They they leave the hoses running and they leave them unspooled. And uh, this very cocksure guy with a lot of hair was outside lying about wrapping <laughs> up the hose. I wonder why Andrew couldn't stand him. Um, always do. Yeah, I always do that. It's fine. Oh, and somebody then must come after you and mess it all up, says Andrew. Uh, and now he's mad at this guy and mad whenever he sees the hose. And uh, this somehow parlays into a conversation about white guilt because Luke also had some help, but they were white guys and he felt totally comfortable ignoring them and being rather rude to them. <laughs> well, not rather rude, but just ignoring them. Uh, he, and he said he wouldn't do that if they were maybe Hispanic guys. Uh, and I think the best line of the day was when Andrew was talking about how then his head exploded and white guilt splattered everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wrote in my notes, um, Luke is reversed racist to landscapers. And then I wrote Andrew is regular racist to landscapers. <laughs> <laughs> Only when they have good hair, though. Right. <laughs> and that's Tuesday. All right, Wednesday, 2492, the quizzer becomes the quizzee. When I saw that uh, that show title, I was like, oh, my God, is there going to be more fucking Jeopardy <laughs> talk? But let me, before we even get into this day, let me, say, let me ask you guys something about um, 
Jeopardy. Do do y'all watch it on a regular basis or no, ever I don't. even at all? Mm-mm. I haven't no, in I, years. Three out of five nights a week, nights a week, I'm hosting trivia while Jeopardy is on. So I just don't. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I don't. Um, I've, you know, it's a fine show. I've watched it when I've happened across it. Um, I think I think Luke operates sometimes on the belief that every single person in the listening audience watches Jeopardy. So uh, I'm okay with maybe one or two Jeopardy stories a month. But when we get to the two or three a week, I, I, it starts to get to be a little much for me. But uh, anyway, uh, Andrew says the big dark is not bothering him because he doesn't go outside, which I sort of identify with because... Um, we're we're in some beautiful weather now in Central Texas, which is a very short window of the year. And whenever I do get outside, and I'm not, you know, face down on the pavement, um, it's lovely. And I'm like, I I need to be getting outside here more. Um, <laughs> so I identify that it's kind of tough, you know, um, when when uh, you know your your wife is the uh, the big deal bread maker and she's the one who goes out and does stuff like like Emily works actually in an outbuilding she made a um, an office out of a uh, shed that's in our in our backyard and it's really nice for her and lovely and she has lots of windows and the dogs go and sit with her and stuff and I sit in the house and try to you know do the dishes and laundry and <laughs> stuff like that so I can't believe I'm going to say these words in sequence but are you telling me that Emily has a she shed in Manshack she oh, has boy. a she shed in Manshack. That's a yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. I don't have a man cave in Manshack, but she has a she shed. Soon I will have a man cave, and I will have a permanent um, Deer Blind Studios here in Manshack. We're we're progressing. We're making progress toward that. Efforting to get that to happen. Excellent. Right now, I just kind of set up in the bedroom, and it's not that great. It sounds like my last uh, day. <laughs> that's a good one. You're on fire today, Bobby. I try. If you, if you hadn't, if you hadn't, uh, if you hadn't name checked, oh sorry, ruined <gasps> it. Oh no. I'm sorry, Bill. Uh, all right. Well, um, Luke picks up a cold sales call. For some reason, he has his phone on while he's recording the show, and he gets a uh, telephone call. It was his home phone. And that was half the point. Like it just rings, and and oh, they thought it was so romantic yes. that you could just yes. have this annoying thing in your house that rings, and you don't know who it is. That's right. It's his home phone. He answers it, and and we get a um, we get a hug your phone moment from Megan, um, who says Luke answering the window sales guy's call and immediately saying, "No, I'm not the homeowner, but I sat next to him <laughs> and observed him." <laughs> so good. Yeah. And that he said that the windows were made of yarn. Some of them, like where? Yes. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, because they always want to know if they're vinyl yeah, or I don't fucking know. Whatever, because vinyl's shitty or something. So he, she says, Megan goes on to say, he's so effortless in his interactions with other people. I've never met him in person, but it's someone who's literally afraid to answer the phone. I'm amazed with ease at, with, at his ease with people and quick wit. Uh, very much noted. After I was just yelling at him about Jeopardy, I thought it was important to note that um, that he was, you know, he, he really did add add to mm-hmm. the show with his quick wit on Wednesday. This was some unexpected it, charm. It really, I think for me, it might have been the highlight of the week that moment. Yeah, yeah. It really, it really caught me. I, I have sat next to him. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. 
so as as you as y'all mentioned, the guys are nostalgic for having home phones. Andrew described how he destroyed their entire Encyclopedia Britannica collection while he was listening to the Beatles. Was was he on the phone with Tony? Mm-hmm. Who was he on the yeah, phone his with? friend Tony. Yes. I just I don't believe Tony exists. The longer the more stories I hear about Tony, the less I'm convinced that Tony's real. And he was stabbing the encyclopedias with a sword, I think. Yeah. <laughs> right. I we had those encyclopedias when I was a kid too, and I I loved them, and I I looked at them a lot. And later on, when I you know as I got to like junior high and high school, they really came in handy for plagiarization. Oh yeah, I used them. I, mean, I was still we still had a set from like the seventies, I think, or the early eighties, and I used them. I had to use them for you know reports and such. But then when I got to be that I don't know ten or eleven, I started to look up like dirty words in them. Like what do they say about butts? <laughs> Right. In the encyclopedia, not much, it turns out. <laughs> no. My entry's pretty short. Yeah. I, um, I'm just trying to imagine, by the way, Andrew in Fight Club and Tony. Tony's completely imaginary. <laughs> <laughs> I I swear to God, the more stories I hear, the more unlikely these the his uh, interactions with Tony seem. I, I think this is a plausible conspiracy theory. I find it more believable than fake Melania. Have you yeah, heard this yeah, one? That yeah. she's a body double? Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh yeah, yeah, I'd say I'd say they're probably about the about the same. As far if I were a betting person, which I'm not anymore, I, I'd put those odds about yeah. the same. I think I saw one or two stories about Melania body double and they launched a million jokes about you'd have one too if you had to be married to Donald Trump. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I remember that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, is it any shock to, to any of us that the the boat and the pool are not covered? <laughs> I mean, nope. properly. Nope. I mean, these are items that Luke should not have a boat, and nobody in the Northwest should have a pool. So they're going to be hard things to maintain for Luke and for Luke and Carrie in general. You know, trying to find quality pool people to help you out in Bellingham, Washington. I mean, good goddamn luck with that, you know. Right. It's not Texas. It's not Florida where you – there's a million places that can help you, and, and if they suck at it, they'd be out of business quickly. But I think you could be a pretty bad pool maintenance person and and have a long career in pool maintenance well, in the Northwest. In New England, you can have pool maintenance people because all the pool people and landscapers plow driveways in the winter. So they, they uh, sort of have a 12-month scheme right. to mm-hmm. keep busy. But what is, what's a pool worker going to do the other 10 and a half months a year in Seattle? Mm, nothing. Right. Okay, I, like, I like that Carrie was using the uh, emails against the uh, pool company mm-hmm. and, um, and, and getting uh, – I mean, she's getting results. Let's face it. Mm-hmm. She's going to get results. For some reason, Luke um, brings up five guys – burgers and he's had a five guys once and he loved it because of the proportions and he likes he likes more burger to bun and he likes throwing peanuts on, on the floor yes it's half the fun oh, of right, five guys I've, yeah i've been there i've been there once burger was all right and the yeah, other there was peanuts mm-hmm. everywhere and i and i guess that is a just a nightmare scenario for anybody with a peanut allergy yeah so yeah 
Um, do they they still do that? Have you guys been to a Five Guys recently? It's been a few years, but last time I was there, they did. Yeah, I've been to one in the last year, uh, and yeah, they still they just have them in big barrels when you walk in. And like you there's can sacks of go potatoes everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. The potatoes and all they, that. Well, since we're talking about... Oh, go ahead. Oh, was, yeah. They use their supply as their decor. So right. you're just eating in the mm-hmm. stock room. Sitting on the bags <laughs> right. of peanuts or of potatoes that are going to become fries later. Uh, so, but since we're talking about peanuts, later on in the show, um, Andrew is talking about asking people at the game if they, they are sitting near him if they have peanut allergies before he opens his bag of peanuts. And... I got to say, that's, that's, I mean, his heart's in the right place, but come on. I mean, would, would any of you think to do that? Would you? No. You're at the ball game. Yeah, I think It's that literally be... in the song, as they pointed out, right? Like, right. Uh... Yeah, Andrew made fun of Luke for pointing that out, but I mean, there's, there's a lot of truth to that. You know, it's part of the baseball park experience peanuts are going to be there and they do have peanut free right exactly as, as they pointed out like you if if somebody had a problem they would have to be in that section because yeah i would yeah. not expect anyone else around me to be that cognizant of my allergies i've seen um minor league baseball teams the paw Sox and others do peanut free nights so if you've got kids that okay. are going to run around like idiots um you can just set, a, set them loose <laughs> $12 ticket for a night of babysitting and baseball right? Uh, with no dangers. And they do that a couple times a year. So, um, but they should do like a gluten-free night too. And then you would just get all the people who can't have a hot dog bun all to go on the same night. <laughs> to me, that, that's like, yeah, that's like a, a, a warrant rally. You can get them all together there <laughs> yeah, and, sweet. Then, yeah. and then have a nutritionist come out instead of the baseball game, have someone come out and actually talk about, what what a real gluten about one percent like. of you actually have this problem yeah exactly <laughs> uh the i was most incredulous uh about the peanut story that uh, andrew bought peanuts at the fucking game you know because he talked about his 18 dollar bag of peanuts there are just alleys full of vendors yeah. outside the stadium where you can get a one dollar or two dollar bag of peanuts yeah insane that you would buy peanuts inside uh let me go back in my notes all right uh top story gord downey passes uh lead singer of the tragically hip and proudly canadian um you know um that's the thing about that's the thing about being in canada like they can actually be proud of their country mm-hmm. in a lot of ways I'm jealous. i mean they I think they've mishandled some native american stuff there but so have we we've we've done that. a not great job with that one too so i'm not going to judge they've them too also, harshly there they've also worked right. a lot harder to fix it they gave right. they gave the inuits an entire territory back you know so yeah, yeah. it's not happening here anytime soon no. that's what you're saying we're not giving it given given native americans anything back so um the justin trudeau very handsomely um, gives a talk. I, I watched some of this online too, and and then you know doubles back and says the whole thing in in French. Um, impressive, impressive mm-hmm. stuff. I thought. Um, Andrew says there's no parallel to Gord Downey in the states, and it's hard to argue with that because who would 
I mean, who would uh, our president be give a tearful speech about what musician? Uh, you mean uh, our current president? Um, yeah, Ted Nugent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who, who would it be? Kid Rock, maybe. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. Um, top story two. The Jeopardy show with the $1 winner. Luke is um, amazed that you can win with $1. And someone on the Stents page pointed out that there have been four $0 games where there were no winners. Everyone ended up with $0. I think I remember reading about that before, seeing some, some clip about that uh, before. But uh, the other throw your phone moment from Tuesday. Oh, no, sorry from Wednesday was was from Joel and he says oh good we're going to ask each other Jeopardy questions again I'll take unnecessary time fillers for 1000 Alex <laughs> and I could not agree more with you Joel as I said at the beginning of this day so um, Luke says that Austin is to the $1 guy as Obama is to Trump uh, Andrew has a pretty visceral reaction to that um and I sort of agree with him there. Um, let's see. There's a there's a there's talk about hunting daily doubles on Jeopardy, which sounds sounds in, like it's something that can't be a thing. We should hold our statistician fire for later in the week. We don't have time to yeah. do it now and then again. <laughs> a deep dive yeah. into the into the science. No, I've of got a couple, of, you know, fully double. loaded semi-automatic weapons over here for Thursday, so. We'll just right. wait okay. for that. Uh, I'll lay off the probabilities. Mm-hmm. Over here. So we'll we'll uh, uh, we'll pull back and unpack and deep dive on that later. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, thank you. Uh, there's an email, someone doing the equivalent of the twenty dollar sandwich by sending brownies to the surgery center where her husband is getting as many surgeries as I seem to be getting, uh, and that leads to a discussion on homemade gifts to. Offices, businesses, and 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 they were both very dismissive of the um, of the homemade treats brought into the office, which we will we will definitely get into that a little more this mm-hmm. week too. Yes, but it it led me to think about the last few times that um, that I was coming out of surgery, and one time. Um, Meredith, you've also listened to Dirty John? No, I'm actually totally unaware of this. Oh, you haven't no. yet. Okay. Well, Bobby, you'll know what I'm talking about, but um, the Dirty John, for a while, this, this fella, he was an anesthetist, and there was some suspicion that he was stealing the the anesthesia drugs. There's some awesome drug, you know. I think if you've ever had surgery, you know how awesome that drug is or whatever. But that he was skimming that stuff mm-hmm. and that um, what happens to patients when they come out of anesthesia, if they haven't had enough of whatever this drug is, they don't feel well or they're actually, you know, they might they might not, you know, survive the surgery or do as well in recovery and getting getting out. And I'm normally pretty good when I get out of surgery, but like two or three times ago, I can't even remember now, I came out of surgery one time and I was, I had, was really feeling sick and awful and and I was like surprised. And th- when I was listening to Dirty John, I was like, I wonder if I had fucking Dirty John as my anesthetist for that one. Because usually I feel, you know, I, I'm thirsty as hell mm-hmm. and I'm groggy and feel weird or whatever. But that time I actually felt terrible. 
So I thought, eh, I probably had a dirty John at that did. time. But my other anecdote from uh, from coming out in recovery was um, two times ago, <laughs> my second surgery ago, I was coming out and I was feeling pretty good and I was talking to the nurses and they were having some sort of a party that day. And the nurse that um, was attending to me had made tacos. She'd made like a big mess of tacos for the celebration and and i managed to sweet talk her and she put um she tucked three tacos under my blanket and oh. they took me upstairs oh. so I three chorizo egg and cheese tacos oh. uh, nice. for later when i was finally ready to to lunch that's so much better than my jaw so. surgery story i had jaw surgery <laughs> in november and i woke up from anesthesia crying I was just sobbing, and I didn't know why. I didn't feel sick or hurt. I was in pain. Uh-huh. I was in pain. But that's not why I was crying. And they, they told me that sometimes, a lot of the time, actually, women wake up crying and men wake up re- ready to fight, uh, you know, kind of violent. Oh, God. And, uh, and, you know, I had just had jaw surgery. I couldn't open my mouth, really. And I was, like you said, Mike, I was super thirsty because of the, t- you know, my throat hurt from the tube. They had filled mm-hmm. my ears and my um, eyes with Vaseline, so I couldn't hear and I couldn't see. And, uh, but I wanted some water really badly. And so I had some ice water and then they, I was starving. And so what they gave me were saltine crackers, which is a Mm. bad choice for somebody who just had surgery on their jaw. Right. And they handed them to me and it's a lot of work through your mouth. Yeah. Through my like goopy eyes and tears. I just looked at them and I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, what am I supposed to do with these? And they were Could like, you please shove a taco oh, in there. Right. Yeah. Like some chorizo just like, yeah, through a straw. They gave me some applesauce eventually, but it took me like so many oh, withering glances and like, I can't do this, for, you know, for them to get me something I could actually eat. It was terrible. Hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. I now want to hear the kids bop version of no Vaseline. <laughs> there might be one actually. Yeah. I think I, I think I remember you telling us about that, um, that crying reaction yeah. and and yeah definitely not me and and I'm I'm not a fighter on my best day so so uh, I don't wake up wanting to fight those nice ladies down in the recovery room. Uh, we find out that the foreigner cover band is Fever 103. Uh, they play Double Vision, um, <laughs> as done by the cover band, yeah. and it's fantastic. Yeah, they're very good mm-hmm. at it. And then there's a tragically hip outro song, Fiddler's so. Green. A very good, a very mournful, tragically hip song. I I mentioned this in the chat to specifically, well, Mike, not so much you anymore, but you did grow up in Seattle. Uh, But, you know, I grew up very close to Canada with Canadian family and Meredith grew up close to Canada and Anne also grew up, you know, relatively close to Canada. Um, There's enough influence there anyway. I wasn't a huge tragically hip fan, but I sort of understand why all of my Friends and family in Canada are in so much pain. It was a good choice. Yeah. I knew that song, and I was yeah. glad that they picked it. It was sweet. Yeah. I think I just missed it um, because of my age, because I spent a lot of time up on Lopez Island and heard all the Canadian radio stations, but tragically, it wasn't a thing yet. So yeah. it was a lot of, you know, Rush, Loverboy, Triumph. Right. All this. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if I missed it a little bit on the other end. I might have been a little too young. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Thursday, twenty four ninety three. No excuses, just apologies. Good title for today. Uh, the big dark is still going on. Andrew is concerned that Luke's rumpus room is going to get flooded and ruin the pool table. That's his primary concern. Just glad he said rumpus um, room. Yeah, not man cave. 
they for some reason get right off uh, onto some strange tangent about how Luke is confusing Andrew's catchphrase and Jay Buner's catchphrase, something about the bone. Uh, and Tell him the bone sent yeah. you. And what's Andrew's? Uh, you got it, baby? You, you know, know it, it baby. You know it, baby. Yeah. 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 Sure. Uh, and they talk about where he records <laughs> those commercials. Uh, and then, of course, another mention of the Trucktober commercials. Uh, yeah. People wanting him to say his catchphrase. Um, they get a new listener um, via a referral from Andy Kindler mentioning TBTL. Um, and uh, this listener is none too happy about that boat slash battery story, um, claiming that it was so boring. Uh, the guys couldn't really think of a funny response to that. And then the guy deleted his tweet. And this leads to them referring to themselves as the most fragile men in podcasting, which I think is right on the nose. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke is talking a lot about watching House Hunters renovation on HDTV and how it's filmed in Silver Lake in L.A. and wondering, you know, I I feel like this is maybe a little bit of a worn out joke, but how an aspiring puppeteer can have a budget of $750,000 for a house. And uh, I guess I always assumed it was either that they had very rich parents who were footing the bill and or it was just fake. You know, I mean, so Mm -hmm. much of this is set up. I don't really believe any of it. Um, and then they talk, you know, for a good 10 minutes about uh, L.A. geography, which, uh, you know, I think I think it's funny when SNL does it on the Californians. And that's about as much as I can take. Well, I did I did kind of enjoy Luke pulling back the curtain, as it were, on on uh, how he stalks, tries to stalk the deal and stalk the 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 people and, and all that, because I think a lot of like my television watching now, such as it is. I will stop. I will just stop shows and go do, do research. You know what I mean? Like, like especially, I don't know. I, it takes me sometimes two hours to watch a one-hour show because I'm like, hey, who's that actor again? And and where's this filmed? And you know, who wrote this script? Uh, I just as I get older, I do, I'm doing more and more of that, and then I can just see Luke because he's like, he he um. I can't. What was the phrase he used? Watch someone else's money or try to. I don't know. But he very much is very interested in how much other people mm-hmm. make and what kind of stuff they. Well, can and especially their house, right? In. Related to their house, he always wants to see inside people's houses mm-hmm. and see how they live and 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 guess like how much mm-hmm. money they must make. So I think he'd be actually fun to watch that kind of stuff with, because he he because he's so interested in yeah. it. Yeah. Um, adorable top story for today is Lulu, the, um, bomb sniffing dog who was training for the CIA was either fired or quit. Um, they don't make it clear. It sounds like many different news outlets have different, um, takes on this. Um, and and all they would say is that she wasn't quite into it. Uh, and so they, they had to have her hand over her flea collar and her bone and and call it quits working for the CIA. The best line from Luke was she's retiring to spend more time with her crotch. (laughs) Yes. That was sweet. That was sweet. I mean, you know, I, having recently gone through a ton of dog training, uh, the, the people who trained Eddie do this too, you know, they train service dogs, not necessarily for the government, but for people with, with disabilities and some dogs just aren't right for it. You know, they have to start them out and, and they don't all make it through the program. That seems like a pretty common thing. Um, so she just wasn't right for it. She didn't like it. She wasn't super interested in it. That's what I took away from it. Um, and it sounds like she's going to have a wonderful life with her trainer. 
as just a, a regular she started, dog. She started barking in, barking in sick, you know, with a real <laughs> raspy. Oh, can't make it today. Oh. oh, my nose is so stuffy. I'm not going to be able to sniff any bombs today. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I got a cold. How am I going to help with a right. cold? I'll just give a cold to all the other dogs. It'll be no good. Yeah. Um, next up is Matthew McConaughey uh, doing his power pose when talking to the UT basketball team. Um, and his speech was ridiculous, just like all his other speeches, where he doesn't really say anything at all. He just says a lot of words, had, and they sound great. Have you all seen this power pose? Did you, did you no. look it up? It's, it's uh, not powerful, at least in my mind. It is strange. It's um, it's he puts one hand on his hip and juts his hip really far out. Like imagine, imagine um, like a cartoon prostitute from the New Yorker uh-huh. or something like that. That's kind of the pose that that he was in. Not a power pose. That's why this whole discussion was crazy to me. Is like I'm sure all the guys in the basketball team were like. What the fuck is he standing like that? Well, I for? think the guys referred to it as sassy, and that seems like less yeah, well, power pose and more just like weird body language. It was so weird. It is so weird looking. Uh, a lot of these pictures that I'm seeing, if you search for it, are from amateur, you know, from normal people's Twitter feeds. Um, which makes me wonder: Do you think we could use one for the show picture? I don't want to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Maybe. If they never find out, and they won't. We'll yeah. be fine. All right. Um, yeah, that picture got slapped all over the internet. Yeah. I wouldn't worry too much about it. All right. Uh, Luke wants to know who did Matthew McConaughey's hair transplant, and we talk about that a little <laughs> bit later on Friday. So I'll leave that, because I have enough to say. What, what this power posing thing turned into was this um, New York Times Magazine article about research in social science, and... Uh, cause this this woman who came up with the idea of power posing, um, and it, I thought that that was about you know standing with your with your feet kind of in a, in a wide stance and your arms crossed, and that they they found that it like increased your cortisol levels and your testosterone levels or something like that, and that would somehow lead to increased performance or or, or more respect from your peers or something like that. And they, the article was talking about kind of how the, this this stuff can be kind of mushy, and you can kind of make that that those data say whatever you want them to. Uh, and <laughs> they get on to replication talk, which is where my ears really started to perk up. Because replication, um, what Luke called it, um, he described it as uh, being mean and negative and tearing other people's work down rather than coming up with your own ideas. And I know he went to Jesus hmm. Creek, and I know he didn't get a good science education, but replication is the backbone of research. We have to... Sure replicate research that's one of the 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 main requirements for objective research is it has to be you know you have to be able to replicate it like if if no if you do a study and you find some crazy thing and you publish it and no one else can find that same thing no one's going to pay attention to it and or at least they shouldn't Mm -hmm. maybe a, a terrible science journalist will but nobody should pay attention to that um and we did get a couple of uh throw your phones listener uh ellen says, I no longer have a phone. I have a pile of glass and chips. Listening to Luke and Andrew discuss replication and p-hacking was too much. They said some sensible things, 
but alongside so much nonsense. Why bother replicating when you can do real cutting-edge work, right? Who needs replication when we have that one study that suggested vaccines cause autism? We need a lady scientist bat signal to summon Anne and Meredith every time this happens. <laughs> and I felt it. Uh, whatever it was, it was there. Um, and then we also got another one from Andrea. Um, this is a neither throw my phone or hug my phone moment, more of a help me moment. <laughs> Please help me out, lady scientists. Episode 2493, this, all the social science talk, especially the Beatles song and decreasing your age story. Thank you. That didn't make any sense to me, that people would somehow report being a younger age after they listened to the Beatles. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, because how old you are is a fact. Yeah, that doesn't change. That's not a... If you're asking me for that fact, if I feel like lying to you, the song that I've heard is not going <laughs> to. Right. Um, so I just, you know, it, replication is very important. It's not tearing people down. Disproving uh, someone's assertions is, is extremely valid and necessary and important. Um, it's true that p-hacking is a thing. That's very much a, a problem, but everybody does it, and it's just part of being a human being. Um, one of the reasons that we do studies over and over is because every study has some sort of bias uh, built into it. Whether you know how careful we are, there's just going to be some bias. There's not much we can do about that. Meta-analyses um, are studies that aggregate a bunch of different studies, and the hope with those, those are considered one of the, the most strongest forms of research because uh, we hope that uh, the biases will sort of wash out or cancel each other out or at least be minimized um, by the strengths of mm -hmm. another study, and we combine all that information, and hopefully we can get closer to the truth, and that's the whole point of science. Um, we don't think we've got really much figured out quite yet, and, and uh, no one is claiming that who's a real scientist. Um, and, and it's true that p-values are kind of garbage. They have a, they have a use, but they're not the end-all be-all. And there is a really important movement, I think, towards um, de-emphasizing a p-value and, and publishing re results that don't have significant p-values. And I actually just worked on my first study a couple of weeks ago where it was for JAMA and they weren't um, even accepting p-values. So I had to give them effect sizes and confidence intervals. All a p-value tells you is how big your sample size was. That's all it says. Did you have enough observations or not? I'm getting really into the weeds. I should stop. But uh, I got a little bit fired up about this. So, you know, I think it's a good, uh, a good thing to be aware of, but it's not something that means that you're an evil or bad researcher, and it doesn't mean that science is wrong. That's what I have to say about that. Don't, well said. don't drop your microphone because we need to finish the show. But... <laughs> I've never well, been they... more happy that you're here. <laughs> I heard the bat call. Um, to, to totally mend my heart after this painful, painful segment, uh, Andrew realizes that Professor Bananas is under his desk snoring. <laughs> and we got a hug your phone yeah. from listener yeah. Andrea, and she says, oh, my God, the professor snoring. Total hug my phone moment. Not when the professor snored, but when Andrew started speaking in a whisper so he wouldn't wake her. And it was so cute. And my cats do that, too, and I love it. And and you can't get too close to them. Otherwise, they'll go and wake up and stop. Right. Yep. Um, and then, okay, we we need to talk about um, Anne's email. And they, they call her Annie, right, um, about work treats. Um, Anne brings in, as we all know, she, she cooks on the weekends. She bakes on the weekends and bring, brings her wonderful creations into work. And she doesn't appreciate being lumped in with some lady from HR who cuts some cookie dough out of a tube and puts it in the oven. And her whole point with that email was that those were not equivalent. Um, and we were talking about this in her chat, and I actually screenshotted it because I didn't want to mischaracterize her, her 
her thoughts here, and she said, quote, if homemade desserts don't appeal to Luke, more power to him. However, if his benchmark for a, quote, sweet treat is a tube of store-bought pre-made cookie dough, then perhaps he's setting his standards too low. I wouldn't touch that stuff with a 10-foot pole. So. Again, well said. Yeah. The ladies said yep. it straight. We've got absolutely. opinions this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then uh, to take it back to Boring Town, Andrew's talking about some Cleveland Browns podcast, and uh, we have to listen to this poor man's DMX uh, DJ yeah. called Mechadon with a really terrible song, including a lot of barking and uh, like a B minus Browns flow. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, they play some Cat Stevens. Maybe that should be the hype song instead. Uh, <laughs> right. Might be better than than this guy. Uh, and then we have to listen to Brown and Orange by Dirt, appropriate band name. Kind of like a poorer man's Kid Rock or Link- Lincoln Biscuit, as Luke says. Um, and then lastly, a, uh, a terrible song by The Dogs Pound about the Browns. Was this on the run sheet, do you think? I doubt it. I mean, these are just songs that are on Andrew's Cleveland Browns podcast, right? Like the intro music and probably some yeah. of the outro music. And, oh, look, another Brown song. Yeah. Like I, there's probably three that exist and they have to play them and mention them on this podcast. Yeah, that was a, that was a rough one. Yep. To get yeah. Yep. 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 All right. On to Friday, 2494, Poor Man's Positive K. Uh, they, they, they're talking about um they're trying to dance around saying cocktober which is what howard <laughs> the howard stern show is doing right Wait, now he kept calling it like crocktober um, without the r yes yeah well that's because yeah. it's crocktober at home goods or something right oh right 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 sure um i is it bobby these are your your notes um that great porno title that uh I think Andrew came up with. Yeah, Andrew's apparently long-standing idea for a porno title is "Bad Beth and Beyond." <laughs> it's pretty good. You got your setting, you know. Yeah. You got your your star's name. I mean, it's 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 pretty good porn title. You've got your you've, you've got your bed, obviously, because there's plenty of display beds. You've got a pizza for your pizza delivery man to deliver, because I'm sure. Bed Bath & Beyond sells a make-your-own-pizza-oven kit of some kind. That's true. Sure. Yeah, that's it's true. all there. Mm-hmm. And beyond. That's you know. Well, right. We'll never that's know what that's too racy for this, this podcast. We can't handle the beyond. Sure. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Luke is washing his mail-order shirts. I guess this service is called Penguin. You ever heard of this one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Penguin? I don't think it's a service called Penguin. I think they're just Penguin brand shirts. Oh, okay, because yeah. he's, he, he's getting his shirts in the I mail. I think the service is Amazon. I also buy shirts on Amazon. I don't buy Penguin brand shirts. but Oh, I thought I thought he, he was in one of those. Um, like a subscription. Those, uh, yeah. <laughs> Every month. Where they just keep shipping him shirts. Every month we waddle you a new black and white shirt that you can wear <laughs> to any formal right. occasion. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, new tuxedo every yeah. month. Penguin fits. Um, they play some... some some test footage that Luke did for uh, his podcast before he, right before he started the podcast that was recorded in his bathroom while he was hung over and it got him telling the story of their firing and the fact that after the, after the meeting with the rod father, how he didn't really want to go on the air again because he wanted to go. um, 
I guess it's probably a, a fantasy of some people about the day they get fired is going to their favorite watering hole or to a dive bar and, you know, drinking their sorrows away and telling the bartender and anyone else who will listen, you know, what an asshole that Mormon who fired them mm-hmm. was. So that that it sounded like a cool night. Everyone, you know, his, his showmates came down and joined him, and for some reason he wrote down all the songs that were playing in the in the jukebox. That playlist exists um, in the world somewhere. The TBTL just got fired playlist because mm-hmm. it's been outlined before. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I didn't remember that. Uh, he recounts the the final show, which was you know just a just a celebration and a crazy crazy night around Cairo and and a show that probably wouldn't or couldn't have happened if they had any other time slot um, because there was so much um, drinking and semi nudity and uh, <laughs> running around um, in the in the studio. I was there for the first hour or so, but I had to leave. Uh, so I missed all the really crazy stuff, um, but uh, then then they then they kind of get into the weeds about trying to track down m- m- more uh, like like the the timeline of when the bathroom the bathroom recording happened and whether it was a fart fan or <laughs> Luke's computer fan or you know so. Uh, so I kind of checked out of that, but then they went into the dazzling donors and, and I'm, I need to ask y'all a question. They, they mentioned that they were extra appreciative of their dazzling donors on Friday and they, they made a point of it like three times. They were talking about how today of all days were more appreciative. Any idea why that, why they would be saying that? Um, Besides I had the feeling that, t- that Friday is usually all over the place, Right. And so they appreciate okay. that people still support them, given that they make Friday shows. That was my takeaway. Yeah. Okay. I didn't good. read more into it than that. Just okay, general good. insecurity, not specific insecurity. Whew. Okay. Good. Well, they they cheered they cheered me up and took put my mind at ease by playing the cheesy blasters. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pitch. Um. While they're in the uh, dazzling donors. They, uh, there's a donor from Squim, um, and they talk about how, uh, how Squim belongs to the family of town names like Los Feliz, uh, Concord, Lancaster. Um, and, and I was thinking while they were reading those off, like I, I now live in, in one of those, like the one to take the cake of all of those in Manchac. Manchaca? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like if 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 you don't say Manchac or something close to it, I mean, we know we, you ain't from around Austin. Well, that's for uh, sure. People from upstate New York, Rochester area will know the the city of C H I L I, which is Chilai. Oh no! Yeah, I'd never mm-hmm. arrive at yeah. that. Chilai. Chilai. Mm. No chili. Sounds Chilai. like sounds like a, a like a bad sports game that someone would pitch on shark tank there are so many of those in michigan um lasher road is one of them um mackinac mackinac is another uh tons and tons of native american words that that uh have unique pronunciations they're just meant to trip you up in in manchac i've done i've done some research and if someone can go even further 
and, and really figure it out. There doesn't seem to be a definitive answer on why Manchac is pronounced the way it is. So uh, good luck, good luck with that. There is um, Counting Crows talk. Uh, Luke reiterates his Counting Crows warning, which you know, those of us who are never going to see a Counting Crows show don't need. And that's the <laughs> fact that Adam Duritz puts on a pretty shitty live show because he's he's bored with his songs. Yeah, and I think also impaired in one or more ways. I've been to a Counting Crows. Mm-hmm. Show. I mean, it's been a long time, but in high mm-hmm. school, senior year, I went to a Counting Crows show and. He just, you know, seemed high as fuck. So, you know, right. it happens. Yeah. Yeah. High is no no good for performing most music, I don't think, anyway. Um, there's an email. Now we're going to get to the bottom of Matthew McConaughey's hairline. Uh, but before we do it, the, we go into a long tangent um, that starts with uh, Regis and Kelly and goes through diastema and then a Letterman tangent. And then they finally play the clip, um, which uh, listeners emailed in, where Matthew McConaughey on the uh, Kelly and whoever it was at the time show, but it was Christian Slater was the one asking the question about Matthew McConaughey's hair. And Matthew McConaughey says it's regenics, but he doesn't even pronounce it the way that the company pronounces it. So he is, I mean, I looked it up. He does seem to be associated with the company in some way, like a spokesman in, in some way, or at least was. Um, you know, I thought this I was a strange conversation because those subjects are vetted ahead of time. Everybody knows what they're going to talk about. Yeah. It's not like they just sprung this question uh-huh. on him because that would be rude, but it clearly is like a thing that he had to bring up. I think that might have been how they got him on the show. Yeah. You know, because a, a lot of times a guest, a, an A-list guest like him will only show up on a talk show if they get a chance to talk about their charity or their new thing. Their product. Yeah. yeah. So it makes me think he is a spokesperson for that. But I'm still doubtful as to whether that was the solution to his balding yeah. problems. Yeah. Um mainly because of the name of it. And whenever you see a name that sounds really stupid and and made up and seems designed for, you know, designed for dummies like Regenics, uh, I tend to think it doesn't work. Like something like Finasteride, which, you know, is to to help you with your, your, um, your, what is it, your prostate problems. That, I believe, works because the name... The name is, you know, doesn't make any sense. And it's, it's, but it's it's, it's equally gimmicky. made up, though, I think, usually. It, well, all, all they sound a little are, more but clinical. They didn't make it, right. It doesn't sound like, like Regroatron. Right. <laughs> you know? so. Is that a tablet or a caplet or some sort of injection? <laughs> uh, my, my favorite moment of interaction for the week came right here, though, was when Luke... Luke um, Luke was skeptical of one of these products. You know, he <laughs> yes. was like, ah, I don't know. I have my doubts about this. Medicine? And Andrew just know. screamed, you wear a baldness helmet. <laughs> and forced Luke to admit that he actually thinks that the technology in the baldness helmet is valid. Right, yes. Uh, 
which is insane. Um, they totally skipped the top story. Any top mm-hmm. stories? I think they had three of them. Um, and the one that I was hoping they get to was the airline snooping one, which uh, if they don't get to it next week, um, do you, are you guys familiar with that story? I just saw the tweet screenshot going around. Yeah. Right, right, right. I, I want to know how it turned out because I didn't. I didn't go in. I didn't go too far into it because I thought, oh yeah, they're probably going to talk about this on TVTL, and then they teased it and they didn't do it. Yeah. So. Um, I didn't find out what the student's reaction was to to uh, to it so I'm going to I'm going to look into that and I'm not going to count on them to do that. Um Luke calls out his his uh Locavore restaurant that he goes to and I I totally sympathize with him because when you go to these places and they're trying to keep it you know tight and they they they've just got a limited menu because of <laughs> Because they they can only get eggs one week and they can't get eggs. Right, it's all just like like, uh, like wild boar in Texas and mushrooms. Like that's all, it's all you can eat. Yeah, yeah, and mm. and and how they'll throw some crazy ingredient just to make the dish fancy or whatever. But and you'd be like, I would eat that if you just took off that weird ingredient. Pond but scum. then you don't want to be that guy because yeah. because they seem particularly proud of that, you know that ingredient and if you ordered it, it was like, can i get the omelet without the pond scum you know they'd be like oh, oh. we're really proud of ourselves <laughs> yeah this is the same reason we stopped getting a farm share because there's just a week where it's three heads of cauliflower yep <laughs> oh yeah we did gre- a company called greenling down here we did it for a little while and yeah they would just send you what they could send you and sometimes you're just looking at this giant you know, a hunk of dirt attached to something they pulled out of the what ground. What am I going to do like, with three pounds of spring onions? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it cost $50. Exactly. Uh, I know. Uh, it ended up being such a weird hassle. I'm still convinced that, that Blue Apron is uh, running a racket with big radish. I've never seen <laughs> a company that puts radishes right. in more recipes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, then on more food news, they talk about uh, the McDonald's chicken tenders ads, um, and I I had the same thought too when I've seen these ads. Is is uh, grandma Grandma was never making no chicken tenders. No, yep. I don't think fried chicken. I mean, yes, I make chicken tenders and nuggets. I've made made them for myself and and Cullen while Emily was out of town and. Yep. Used Emily's recipe, and they're delicious, but I'm not a grandma. so These are just as good as grandma's cheesy blasters. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about that, too. She flew down with her skateboard. When... Yep. <laughs> Andrew, asked, Andrew asked Luke, you know, what what product would you have used, you know, if if you had to, something grandma used to make? And I thought cheesy blasters. Because yeah. well. <laughs> really, I just wanted him to play yeah. that again. Yeah, Emily was walking by when I was um, listening to the show and taking notes, and she had to stop because that was so yeah. great. All right, music for your weekend. Andrew uh, plays Jungle Brothers doing our own dang. Uh, listener Jennifer, St. Vincent, Hang On Me. And then Luke plays a song that I've always really liked, and I've played not as many times as him probably in my lifetime, but I've played it hundreds of times. That's Positive K's I Got a Man. And Andrew does some research that surprised me with the Dazzling Deet and Luke that the female voice in that song is the is the man himself. That's crazy. With yeah. some modulation. 
That song is so good. I'm glad he played yeah. it. I hadn't thought about, about that in years, but it was good mm-hmm. to hear it again. Yeah, it's always it's always good for a listen every once in a while. All right, that's uh, that's all I got for Friday, except for uh, one more note I had. Um, I was talking about the um, the Regenix and the the stupid names of these products. There's something I, I'm watching um, the baseball playoffs on jeremy and christy's cable system and what that means is i watch it on my phone and i i don't get um a lot of the ads that are on the national tv broadcast i get three or four ads you know that are that are produced just for this purpose for people that are streaming on their phones and one of them i forget the name of the product that frank thomas the former baseball player is pushing but testofen is the drug the quote-unquote drug that that uh, is pumping up the males in that particular mm. product. Mm. And it's something called like Nugenics or mm. something like that. And, yeah, with the power of Testafen. And he's telling the ladies, you know, it's it's good for working out. And, you know, also your your man will – you'll like your man more too if he takes this product or something. Sounds like it's made from it fresh-squeezed um, testicles. It's <laughs> – <laughs> I'm sure that's what they would they would have yeah. you believe, uh, but yeah, that's uh, sorry. That's it for Friday. Sorry for my own diversion there. That's right. I was just looking for an Amazon link for Nugenix to put in the show notes for this week. I don't know that I'm going to be able to make that happen. Oh, here we go. Nugenix natural testosterone booster capsules, ninety count, thirty nine ninety four on Amazon Prime. Wow. Mm hmm. It's a good deal. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, and with that, we'll keep some house. Keep buying things from us at LittleRedBandWagon.com. And remember, it's time to start doing your holiday shopping, or in our case, your LRB co-host Secret Santa shopping. Do that at LittleRedBandWagon.com slash Amazon. Keep on archiving on. Listen to our friends over at Earbuds and Earworms. And keep sending those favorite clips for our year-end show. If you want to get involved with this show, you should go to littleredbandwagon.com. Uh, send us your throw your phones or hug your phones to throwyourphone.com. That sends us all an email. We love to read them. Um, and we try not to skip any, uh, but just know that we do read them all and love them all. Uh, you can visit us on Facebook, our page or the Stens page. Our show Twitter is LRB Podcast. Send us an email at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Send us a voicemail or a text at 802-432-TVTL. That's 802-432-8285. And with that, Bobby, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jim. Nailed it.
It's me, Cat. 